We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you on a Monday, the first Monday of the offseason, as it were. Um, came a little bit too soon, but um, then again, if you watch the Atlanta Hawks uh, put a put a smackdown um, on the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, yesterday, uh, maybe you shouldn't feel as bad. I know, I know the Sixers came back to make that a game, but still, um, in any case, uh, so a little bit different schedule this week. Um, as you may have guessed, uh, myself, Jeremy, Andrew, the, the whole KFS team, we need a little bit of a breather. So, um, we're taking this week a little light. So here's, here's the schedule of events as it were. Um, instead of myself and Jeremy doing our usual Monday episode podcast, um, your episode today is actually going to be, um, our locker room appearance from this past weekend on Saturday in which Jeremy hosted and I took questions from from, uh, I guess, callers, callers, I don't know, locker rumors, whatever the proper uh, noun is. Uh, but it was a really great show. And and for anybody who hasn't um, come and taken part in any of the locker rooms yet, we do them every Saturday morning. It's usually around 1030, 11 o'clock, um, sometimes 1030, sometimes 11, sometimes 12, but somewhere in that range. And people really bring the heat, man. They um they ask great questions, and uh, yeah, this was a really good episode. So, uh, in place of the usual Sunday pod, this is uh, or Monday pod, I guess uh, we're we're running the locker room, and then we're only doing one episode later this week, barring you know anything crazy. Um, if there is a uh, you know some kind of trade that goes down or some major piece of news, we will of course react accordingly. But uh, as of now, the plan is to just release one more episode later this week that'll probably be dropping uh, this Thursday, in which we will have I'm not gonna say who it is, but a highly, highly acclaimed author. He has written several books, um, most of which I've read. They're all amazing. Uh, he has another book coming out about uh, one of the more uh, famous people in basketball history uh, early next year. And we sat down, we uh, we talked about the Knicks, we talked about Tibbs, we talked about a lot of stuff. He's, uh, again, I'm not giving away who it is yet, but just 
Take my word for it. You're going to want to tune in for the episode later this week. And again, that's probably going to drop on a Thursday, on this Thursday. And then starting next week, we will be back to our uh, regularly scheduled programming with Monday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday episodes. We're going to probably keep that schedule up for most of the summer, uh, maybe with one exception, um, one of the one of the weeks in here, and then that'll carry us through to um, basically the middle of August, and then you know we kind of get whatever semblance of an NBA offseason we're going to get, and then maybe we'll we'll take it a little bit light end of August, beginning of September, but um, got a long way to go before then. Free agency, draft, trades, the whole the whole gamut. So without further ado, um, I hope you enjoy uh, this, uh, again, special uh, locker room edition of the Knicks Film School podcast. This is a locker room production. Welcome to everybody already here. Uh, Spencer, Kasim. Kasim's Kasim's a regular, uh, Jeremy, in case you forgot from last week. Um, so we'll, we'll get him up here in a sec. Oh, look, we got everybody coming. Okay. I'm going to, um, I'm going to send out a tweet from my account. One more, just reminding folks to come on in. The water's fine. We are live on locker room. Uh, how was your morning going, Jeremy? My morning's all right. You know, I went to the gym yesterday for the first time since the pandemic started. Um, and here's a, a life hack for everyone. Uh, don't just never go back. Uh, it is, it's, it's really not fun, but I feel better. <laughs> I won't feel better tomorrow. I'll probably feel worse tomorrow, but Monday. Wait, are you saying Monday, don't go back to the gym? Yeah, just don't, you know, why, you know, why go back? Just never go back. <laughs> I, it's so funny that, that that's your perspective because I have not been able to go to the gym, um, in what feels like probably no, for like two years, so pre-pandemic, but that's because of kids, and I can't wait to be able to get back to the gym and have that time. See, it, it just sounds like everyone should have kids so they can avoid going to the gym. Like, I need to have children now, so I don't have to go to the gym again. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good reason to have kids. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I'm, I'm fine. I went for a very nice run this morning in lieu of uh, the gym that I can't go to. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's been... Um, it was good to, to record our podcast the other day and kind of get the last last vestiges of, of uh, this season kind of out of the system. And I'm already, you know, already kind of turning the page um, as, as hard as, as that is. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely chilling a little bit, trying to get the, get the mind off of, uh, off of things for a few days at least and then kind of dive back in. But, um yeah, so I guess uh, we should go. Andrew always likes to give the, the rules because it's very, very strict here. So um, Jeremy will be doing the, the hosting today. So he will be uh, bringing people up on the stage. So obviously make your requests to speak. We'll, we'll get everybody um, up in, uh, in due time. Um, probably gonna, we're probably going to go a little bit shorter in terms of the time for, for each person just because we've been running – um, a little bit long the last few times we've done this, and we want to try to get um, in and out in, in an hour. So uh, I think that's it. Just move. oh, um, don't be offended if we put you off the stage. It just uh, you know means we have to move on. And um, 
If there's background noise, uh, mute your mic. I think that's it, Jeremy. Did I forget anything? No, I think that's uh, that sounds about right. If for some reason uh, there are technical difficulties on my end with speakers, my apologies. Uh, rolling for the first time, but it seems pretty uh, pretty easy. So you're doing great, Jeremy. I'll tell you. <laughs> Thanks. I've done nothing, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, well, you're here. <laughs> you woke up. Great. I showed up. Perfect. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. Perfect. So let's uh, let's get started with our speakers. Um, first, we're going to bring up, and I know that Andrew gets his name right. I believe. I, 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 it's Kasim, right? It is Kasim. Uh, no, that's no. fine, though. <laughs> but, how, no, how, I, how do you, do you pronounce, pronounce it the, the right way for us? Uh, pretend like the I isn't there. It's Kasim. Oh, Kasim. Okay. Great. Kasim. Welcome. Thank you. All right. Morning, John. Morning, Jeremy. How are you, my friend? Uh, Good, good, good. Uh, You know, I have to start off with my usual way of, you know, uh, thanking you guys. Um, I feel like I come on here and because especially because I come on first, I feel like I come on here and say grace. (laughs) (laughs) We need it, though. We can't just be slobbing. Let's just say grace. Uh, dear Nick's Film School, thank you for the content we're about to receive. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you, to John is... and Jeremy and Andrew. Thank you to Andrew for being the back end support to John's well oiled machine. Oh goodness! Yeah, now uh, now we've got off the rails. <laughs> uh, anyways, um. Although, you know, I think it just sounded like I called Andrew your well-oiled back end. So, I mean, listen, he, he, he will take uh, any and all uh, compliments, even if they are, uh, you know, a bit uh, untoward, uh, if, if you have a dirty mind. That's fine. All right. Um, I will ask a question that I think is maybe unfair because it probably needs more preparations. If you want to do a newsletter on at some point, that's fine. But maybe we can just get the conversation started and then i have something fun to ask about okay uh so the the unfair question is you know in in every off season we hear about after the off season is over we hear about you know there were plans plan a and plan b and plan c and plan x right yeah um and am i alone in thinking that uh, this is not the question. I feel like I'm not alone in thinking that before the playoffs started, you know, Julius, RJ, and IQ were, as Lowe puts, in pen. And now it feels a little uh, erasable pen. I don't know. So, anyways, obviously Dame's already out there as a potential plan A. He's already been reached out for and feels less likely with Sham's report. But He's there as a plan A. So I just wanted to hear what your thoughts in terms of what do you think are logical plan A through whatever. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty simple. I think uh, Dame, I mean, it sure seems like plan A. Um, but again, I don't know. I have a tough time answering the question. And, and I, I don't know if this is what you meant when you said you thought it was an unfair question because I think – like if I was sitting here right now and I was a single man and not happily married with two children, mm-hmm. my plan, my plan a might be to, um, uh, pick up shop and go, uh, you know, move to California and hope that I can, um, steal away, 
you know, Anna de Armas from whoever she's currently shacking up with. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure who that, how that, who that is at the time. Um, you know, is there a chance that that might happen? Sure. There's a chance that that might happen, but, um, my plan B well might put. be, yeah, my, my plan B might be to, you know, call the, I don't know, call, call the nice girl who I met at the mall last week or something. It seems quite lovely. Now p- plan out a plan B obviously has a much higher <laughs> chance of happening. Um, but it, it's still my plan B. It's not my plan A because I'd rather have plan A. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I answer the question in saying, yeah, of course I think Dame is plan A of the, um, Actually, no, I guess in that sense, he wouldn't be plan A. Plan A would be Kawhi Leonard signing uh, uh, as, a, as a, sorry, so as a free agent. So this is the agent. perfect reason why I'm asking. Is, is yeah. Dame plan A or is Kawhi no, plan No, well, because if you, because I, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get into this at some point today. Maybe we will. I, I um, we've been texting, you know, amongst us, amongst ourselves this week about would, would RJ Barrett have to go in a Dame trade? And I think there exactly, are exactly exactly because Dame is yeah. Kawhi is not a trade. So. Yeah, but it, I mean, let's just but say then, for argument, you know, Dame is greater sign Kawhi. Well, but here's the thing: like, let's just say for argument's sake, you could do a, a deal and get Lillard. Um, and again, I, I'm, we're speaking about things that are almost certainly not going to happen. But just again, we're having some fun. Sure. If you sure. did, if you did a Lillard trade, and you didn't have to send Barrett, and all you had to send out was all of the picks and some swaps and quickly and top in and. Um, well, I guess that would be it. Um, and and that was that versus just sign Kawhi by giving him all the money that he wants. I, I mean, I don't really care about fit at that point. You, you're going to take the Kawhi option because then you have all that other stuff to do with. The reason know, what, I said unfair option because, you know, it, it requires research and cap space things. And uh, so, for example, is Kawhi, is Kawhi and Dame even possible? Oh no 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 no! I, okay. I mean, look, any, exactly. Anything's, anything's possible. They could uh, they could you know non guarantee Randall's contract and like all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, but you know, I, I it's it's certainly that's not that's not likely. Um, but yeah, so I would put Kawhi first, Dame second, and then uh, everything else third. If you're if you're asking me to to pick between you know, plans C through, um, you know, Q, I, I, there's just too much nuance involved. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know for me to sit here and be like, well, Bradley Beal is plan C, you know, I, I don't, I can't say that without knowing what, well, you okay. Know. How about some obvious options? Like between say Beal, Lowry, Paul, um, where would you, what, what, what do you think the, the right order there is? Yeah, I th- I, you're right. This is probably something for a newsletter, but I will right, I will say right, I, I will say generally, and I'll I'll end it with this that like I think Beal is the clear third. Like if they could get Beal, and it was a cost that they personally did not find prohibitive. Like for argument's sake, let's just say you could get Beal for I don't know three three firsts, and um, again I'm just pulling stuff out of my ass here, and you know Emmanuel quickly. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know, Kevin Knox, not that they would want Kevin Knox, but whatever, just for, for argument's sure, sake. Sure, sure, sure. Like that, you know, they, they would, I would imagine they would do that in a heartbeat. Um, uh, you know, but, but if the cost for Beal is higher, then maybe, you know, Lowry would be, you know, preferred. But I, I think that, you know, look, there's no secret here. They want to try to, they want to try to get a star. This, this, this front office has always been, 
I think, in, in that of that mindset. And why shouldn't they be? Every NBA front office is of that mindset. Why would we think that this one in this city, um, you know, with the, with the background that Leanne Rose has and Wes has would be any different? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, do you have time for my fun one? Sure. Right. Well, quickly, and then we'll, we'll get someone else. All right. Well, um, you guys talked about, you know, being excited about what's going to happen future and future Baird and quickly and Obi and everything. But I think I'm also excited about um, the future of KFS because I want to know. I'm, I'm excited about, <laughs> you know, season, uh, I don't know if it's two or three. God, uh, I've lost track. Uh, of John Macri and, and Andrew Claudio and, and who are the who are the guest stars going to be in the next season and what are the fun plot points that you guys are going to come up with and gimmicks so uh, just want Jeremy, that out there too. Jeremy, you want to answer that one? Oh man, that's a that's a good question. Uh, I feel like we got to have some sort of plot twist where it's like someone comes in and is like, "I'm your long lost father." And they also know about basketball and like this reunion <laughs> episode. I'm basically trying to create like a, a Truman show situation here. Um, well, no, well I mean, you know, what's fun is this season's already had a almost uh, the neighbor from uh, uh, home improvement uh, kind of character with Dolores because she's always. Yes, she never goes on screen. We love her. We love her. Uh, and we get to hear from her, but we never actually get to see her. It's great. I kind of love she's it. Very, she's very wise, too. Much she's very like mysterious. <laughs> mysterious, wise, all of those things. Yes. Uh, that was a good. Thanks. I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll, we'll reveal those plans in the, in the coming months, but I, I promise you won't be disappointed. How about that? All right. Good to go. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Jeremy, who do, we, who do we got next? All right. Uh, next, we've got James Lee coming up. Cool. James. What's going on, James? How you doing? Hello? Yeah, you're here. Hey. What's up? Hey, um, thank you for having me. I didn't expect it to be a second one. Oh, well, here you are. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so sure. it, I just want to actually uh, ask, is, is this what, what kind of question is supposed to be in general? It's just not off-season stuff, is it? Oh, yeah, whatever whatever you want. This is, we, oh, we, right. keep okay. it very, we keep it very general here. Cool, cool. Um, I just kind of wondering... Not wonder, but like I want to, uh, will able to get a grasp of how aggressive uh, what front office will be um, uh, in in the upcoming off season. Um, I mean, obviously, this big fifteen will be definitely disbanded. So, who who do you think is the the essential member um, other than Randall? Obviously, even if then I think Randall is not. Absolutely untouchable, in my opinion. Um, neither Barrett, like, like obviously they, they would be the most untouchable among them. But like, they're they're not many people. Uh, they're not, they're not any um, much player out there anyway. Only seven who is guaranteed next season, I think. So, so yeah. Um, how aggressive do you want them to be, or do you think them they will be um, the front office? I, yeah, I think that's a great question, and I think it is. You know, to be very clear. I think it is the question of the off season, um, which is to say, so I'm actually, it's funny. You, you must have, must have ESP here. Um, I'm in the process of writing um, my newsletter for Monday in which I'm basically asking like, when is the time to go all in? And obviously, you know, sometimes um, that not sometimes all the time, 
it is revealed to you by the rest of the league in terms of people that become available and do not become available when it is your time to go all in. Um, and, and what I mean by that is if, you know, Damian Lillard never walks into Portland's front office and says, okay, I'm ready for you to trade me now. Um, and Kawhi Leonard does not decide he wants to leave the sunny confines of LA, then there probably won't be an opportunity for the Knicks to go all in. Um, so, you know, cause it, you can't force these things at this point. That's not the reality of how the NBA works in, in 2021 and, and beyond. So I, I think, to that extent, um, Randall and Barrett are pr- like probably not not going anywhere. I, Randall is of the two of the players that you mentioned. Randall is the one I have a tougher time seeing going anywhere because, wh- like, why? Where would he go? Which is to say, like, so if you're going to trade him, what are you trading him for? I can't imagine trading him for like a, a quote unquote star well, player. Like, well, speaking of that, like, what do you think, Randall? Or Barrett's trade value is it, like to say it's a one-on-one trade. Say who do you think Randall can be traded with? Yeah, that, so like, that's who, the thing who, is, who I would know. you be not who would you be satisfied with, but like realistically? Well, no, I mean like so. Okay, so what is what is Randall's you know quote unquote value as a player who has a year left on his contract? You know, maybe may may think about signing an extension may not think about signing an extension may want to test the waters in 2022 we don't know the answer to that question mm-hmm. you know is he in in reality is he the 20th best player in the league is he the 25th best player in the league i got you know um but the the reason I, I find it to be an impossible question is because if you are trading randall you're either trading him to a team that wants you, you're trading him to a team that wants to win now Right. Um, and you're trading him to a team that wants to win now, which means you are getting back something that has a worse present day value than Julius Randle, which is mm-hmm. to say an interesting young player, young players, pick, some picks, pick, yeah. picks. Yeah. The Knicks are not going to do that. I don't I mean, I, listen, I, I've been surprised before in this league. I'm sure I'll be surprised again. I cannot fathom that the Knicks, after making taking making the four seed are basically going to willingly take a step backwards. Um, and like, if there was a, if there was a young player that was so enticing, so as to make Leon Rose and worldwide West and Brock Aller and all them think twice about the thing that I just said, well, why would that team trade that player for Julius Randall? So that's why I don't think he's going to be traded. Um, in terms of RJ Barrett, that's a different conversation and I think it's a more interesting one because, again, you know, would they put him on the table for Damian Lillard if it took RJ to get Damian Lillard? I, I have to think that they probably would. Yeah, it's inevitable. Mean, yeah. Does, does that mean that it's the right move? I, I, you know, I can't really sit here and answer that question. Um, I think it would, you know, it would be a fascinating discussion. Um, but I don't think short of Lillard. I I personally don't think that RJ would be on the table for anyone that I could realistically see being made available um, this summer. And that includes Bradley Beal. And I know some people might disagree with me on that, but like um, I just, I have a hard, I have a hard, personally, I have a hard time seeing them put, put RJ on the, on the table for Beal. And, and, to, and by the way, I'm not sure Washington would want to do that either. Um, 
you know, without, without other stuff. And so I, yeah, I, I think there's like a 95% chance that you're going to see both of those guys back. Um, yeah. Next there's year. a very, very low 5, 5% chance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when you said like, um, all in, is it like a net's kind of an all in, which we'll see, but that's the other, that's the thing that makes it interesting, right? Because usually when we see these all in moves, the team that is making the all in move is after the the all in move has been made, they are a certified inner circle championship contender, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think, again, assuming that Kawhi Leonard doesn't like sign here as a free agent and like you know bring Kyle Lowry with him, I don't think that there are, there is a summer scenario involving trades that makes the Knicks an inner circle contender. Um, but at the same time, at the same time, that doesn't. <laughs> That doesn't mean that they will just bypass an all-in move if it gets them a guy like Lillard, even if it doesn't put them on the inner circle of contenders. Because if you look at NBA history over the last 10 years, other than Danny Ainge, right, who we've talked about a lot this week because he stepped down and he famously turned down the opportunity to get, um, you know, whatever it was, Paul George or or Kawhi Leonard or, or Jimmy Butler. There has not been another GM who has bypassed the opportunity to land a top 10 level player if they could get such a player. Um, you know, but we'll, um, we'll see what happens. I, I think it's, it's, I, I think we're probably talking about stuff that is not in, in real, in reality going to really be a thing. Um, but I, I don't think that that means the conversations aren't interesting. So, um, and, and, and to, you know, Luis Diaz writes in the chat, what about a guy like Sexton? like a young bull ideal point guard for tips. I think those are more the conversations that we're going to wind up really having this off season is about lower level players who can, who it would not represent in all, like, I don't know what it would take to get Colin Sexton, but that's not an all in move, right? You're not trading away, you know, all it's, of it's like another Randall. Well, it's, it's a step, right? It's an incremental yeah. step. And I think that's, what's going to make this off season. And, um, Thank you. This has been this has been a really good conversation, James. Um, yeah. I, I think what makes I think that what's going to make this this offseason very interesting is because they're not going to have the no brainer of like, oh, wait a minute, we could add James Harden to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Let's go do that. Like, it's going to be more nuanced. It's going to be we can take a step, but the step is going to have a cost, and the step is not going to be the final step. So we have to know that this step is not going to ultimately put us you know further away from our goal um as as opposed to to, to closer um and it's going to be hard it's going to be it's it, there's i i I would, I would bet anything that there's going to be a really hard decision or a couple hard decisions that the front office is going to have to make at some point between now and next season right um can i ask you a very last question it's like and then you'll be able to answer yeah, yeah sure uh, absolutely yeah what say we re-sign randall or don't i mean Actually, do you reckon there's a chance that uh, Randall will be just picked up with that? Is it a team option or whatever that non-guarantee yeah, no, option? Yeah, it, it, no, they, they could basically send him. It. Uh, no, uh, and, sorry, I was just gonna say they could send him packing for and give him four million dollars to go away, but they're they're not mm-hmm. gonna do that. And then, um, do you reckon there's a chance that Randall will not play like um, he did, like in the regular season on next season? And I don't know, maybe his stats are not as good as, as it was as this season was. Um, do you see that? Like, do you see that coming at any chance? Uh, I don't see it coming because I think the shooting is real. I think his decision-making 
and and playmaking is is real. I just think, you know, I, again, I need some time, more time to remove myself from it. I think there was a a confluence of events that occurred in this series where other guys weren't hitting shots. Um, he wasn't hitting shots. He had a couple decisions he'd like to take back. Like it just everything went to shit at once, and I don't think that it is indicative of what player he is going to be. That said, is he going to finish, you know, sixth or seventh or eighth or whatever he's going to finish this year? The MVP balloting next year? I, I'm not. I'm not counting on that either. So, yeah, I personally think he'll be All Star next year, but um, his situation is really awfully like just o- almost identical to Vucevic. And like um, I don't know, like oh, that situation. Shit. Yeah, That's very, very identical. So I, I don't know. Maybe he can't be traded next season whatsoever. Some, but I think he'll be all star next year. Um, that's all I, I've got for today. I, Thanks very much. I also, yeah, no, thanks, James. And thanks, James. um, yeah, Jeremy, as we're as we're bringing up whoever is next, the one thing I will say, and this is why I will always take uh, Julius Randle over Vucevic, is that. Um, you could play Julius Randle at the four, and you cannot play Vucevic at the four. And I do think that there are significant issues that come with uh, having a center who is that bad defensively that Randle doesn't have to make ask those questions. So, um, yeah, I like Julius Randle a little bit better. Anyway, um, how are we doing, Jeremy? We're good. We're doing well. Just got some speakers in the bank. Excited. Good stuff. All right. Um, yeah. So next we've got Joey. Sweet. What's going on, Joey? How you doing, man? Joey, uh, you're on mute, so you just have to unmute yourself. Oh, there I got it. Go. I had the, yeah. the wonders of technology. Can you guys uh, hear me all right? Yeah, we can, we can hear you fine. <laughs> all right, man. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for raising or taking my hand or whatever. But um, yeah, uh, two, things on, <laughs> two things on, on Julius because I got the jersey this year. I was all in. Uh, I want to continue to be all in and, and everything else, but like – the end of the year, even before the playoffs started, like that last month, he, yep. like, it wasn't like it was just in the playoffs where he started missing shots. You know what I mean? There was like yep. five games where we had must win games and he was putting up like, you know, 33% shooting. And he, I think I looked at this and he had one, I think one offensive rebound in the last like five games, something like that. So, and, and a bunch of turnovers and everything else. I mean, I don't know. Do we do we think? I mean, I know it's, it's hard to tell, but do we think that what happened at the end of the year is actually more indicative of who he is than the whole like year before that? Like, was it a fluke or fool's goal? So I think I'll answer this in in, a, in two two parts. One, I don't think Julius Randle is a forty two percent three point shooter. Um, and he, he ended the year on, he, he was 42% for most of the year and he ended the year at 41% because as you correctly pointed out, and it wasn't just the last five games. I actually want to say it might've been the last 10. I'm actually, I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah, over the last, what do we got here? No, actually, no, you're, you're, you're closer than me. So over the last seven games of the regular season, he shot 28% from deep and under 40% from the field. Um, so it really started towards the end of there, it, midway through the West Coast trip. Um, I, I think he's probably something closer to a 37, 38, 3% three-point shooter. If that's what he is, though, and he can put the ball on the floor at his size and 
you know, put, you know, make the passes that he can make at, at his size. And I, I, I still believe in that. Um, I think he could still be a super valuable player. Is that player the second best player on a championship team? Is it the third best player on a championship team? I, I can't really answer that question. Um, I think we need to see more. Um, but whatever it is, it's a guy that's going to look a hell of a lot better with a player next to him who is better than he is. And that's why I think you're okay with your Julius Randle uh, jersey uh, purchase. Because <laughs> I think – I do think that they – again, it might not be this summer, but I do think at some point they're going to figure out a way to get another guy here. And I think it's going to make Julius Randle's life a lot easier. Um, but for sure, I think some teams – I think teams figured out a way – more ways to make his life more difficult um, – towards the end there and he but at the same time he he is like he's 26 years old like he I, I do think there's a world where he continues to figure out how to counteract what teams were doing to him towards the end and and last thing on that even if they they again don't get that star upgrade this summer the fact that they're going to be able to just put like another like there's going to be other upgrades like rj is going to become more of a threat on the ball like they're going to have someone else, I would guess, in Reggie Bullock's starting spot who not only can shoot threes, but maybe put the ball on the floor a little bit, you know, and maybe pass it a little bit. And like, like they're going to be a better team. And I think that's going to help Randall. So I, I think there's a world where he maybe isn't the player that he was over the first 65 games, but is also still a really productive and helpful player towards to winning. Yeah, I guess the just the existential dread is like if Julius is who he was at the end of the season, like permanently or closer to that than what he was in the beginning, we're kind of back into the doldrums because we don't have now we're you know committed to this guy and he's well. You know, pretty- I think your I think your worst case scenario is he's the player he was for the final. How many games did they play in the previous season, 2019-2020? Whatever, whatever, after the first 18 games were basically under Mike Miller. Those final, like, um, you know, 40, 47 games. I think your worst case scenario is he's that player with a better three-point shot. Um, and what is that player? Is that, at the, like, at the absolute very worst, that's the 50th best player in the league? And just look around, and Jeremy talked about it and has been talking about it on the podcast over the last few weeks. Like, if you're the 50th best player in basketball and you get paid somewhere in the neighborhood of $25 million, you're considered a value contract. Um, even a few more million than that, 25, 26, 27. Like, you know, that's okay. Like, it, the, I, I guess my point is your worst case scenario is I think you're still going to be okay. Um, you know, crazy shit happens, but that's my, that would be my guess. Okay. Well, one, one, I guess, uh, last comment on that though, too, like, okay, let's say he's the 50th best player though. Um, that kind of takes out of the context, like what kind of player he is, because to me, he's not like a, he's not like a prototypical role type player. Like if he's your second or third type player, he's not like a, you know, one of those guys you can just plug into any team and, and play, you know, he's going to play a bunch of defense and space the floor. Like he's going to stop the ball and, kind of get in his bag and, and do all that, it's hard right. to have like a, you know, hard to have him as your third best player. For, no, for, for sure. And I think um, that's incredibly valid. And I think you're seeing 
you know, you've seen a lot of those issues rise up in uh, Los Angeles with the Clippers, and, and Paul George is a, is a better player than Julius Randle. But even even there, it's like, you know, in a lot of ways, but like there's, <laughs> there's guys who are perfectly suited to be number twos, and then there are guys who are basically worse versions of number ones. And if you and to your point, if you can't figure out how to make yourself be a good number two, it really does hurt your team. And I absolutely think that's going to be a challenge for Julius Randle going forward. Um, but it all, you know, again, I do think it comes back to the shooting. If the three point shooting is real or at least semi real, um, you're, you can't take that away from him. And you also, again, you can't take away his ability to put the ball on the floor at his size. And and I think it. Is it going to take maybe, you know, getting a, a stretch five or, or playing Obi at the five or whatever it is to really, truly unlock what he could do in that area? Probably. Um, but again, these are these are good problems to have. You want to try to figure out how to make your really talented players work for your for your team. Um, but it'll be a challenge for sure. It'll, 100 percent. You're on you're on point there. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely, Joey. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, if you love listening to me on Nick's Film School, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. Trust me, I wish I had Hustle when I was just starting out with Nick's Film School. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we will help you get your show pushed out on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and every other listening platform imaginable. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. 15 bucks. That's it. It's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me talk about the Knicks, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. And to apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But again, that is bwhustle.com slash join. Submit your Blue Wire Hustle application. All right, next to the stage, we'll have Ari. All right, hey, my main man. What's going on, Ari? Ari, you, you're there. I, I see I you. Am. You're not I, here. I am here. I am here. You are What's here. What's up, guys? <laughs> What's going on, man? 
Happy How are Saturday. You? Good, good. Very happy Saturday. <laughs> Real quick, uh, your the last part of you guys there was terrific with the uh, stages uh, of grief. Uh, it made me you. laugh, and it was uh, legit. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. We are we are yeah. nothing if not legit. Yeah, absolutely. It was good. Uh, I actually have a quick question for like, uh, and then I'll just pop off before my kids uh, ransack my uh, the bathroom where I'm hiding. Sure. I have a quick question for uh, for Jeremy. Uh, I know how much he loves the draft, and I remember something Schwinn said on one of his pods recently where it was like, we should probably expect that the Knicks aren't a four seed next year, you know? In fact, they might be a little worse than that. Like, And just that, considering that and how the season ended, would you have rather ended up as like the ninth or tenth seed, host a play-in game that we end up losing, you know, maybe in tough fashion, you know, and then maybe have gotten like, at one percent into the lottery, even if we don't move, like if we're like the thirteenth, fourteenth pick, but at least at that point, all we we accomplished something in that we kind of sort of made the playoffs with the ninth, you know, being the ninth uh, seed. But then next year we have something to build on. Whereas I'm afraid, like next year, there's going to be this high expectation. Oh, we add Malcolm Brogdon. It's like, all right, we're a lock three seed now, right? And it's maybe that's not really the case, you know? Yeah, I'd like to say that. There won't be as high expectations, but considering how emotional a lot of us uh, were during a playoff series that the Knicks didn't even really necessarily, we we didn't think they'd be in going into the season. Um, It's definitely, the the floor has raised. Um, Yeah, you know, I I think that, that there is something to be said of if there was like this young promising team like the Hornets, for example, if they're in the play in tournament and even without Gordon Hayward, they're able to do something, but they got, so they they got bounced so hard it was that it, right that I don't I don't know if it would have felt um like like the odds you know we'll see if they move up or not um but the odds of moving up for it's like two percent it's not even yeah right yeah no I, no I, just, I mean that's what I'm saying you're you're most likely gonna end up with like the thirteen fourteen even if you get you know bounced off that plane but you know combining yeah. that with like us not having that thing of like hey man we were the four last year. So we got to be the three this year, or else it's a failure type thing. Do you know? I I don't see it as a failure. Okay. I, but again, it's like it it really depends on what is being added, right? Um, because I mean, Randall was really the only player who was. I mean, you could say Arjun to an extent, sure. But those two guys, I mean, Mitch was gone for a long time. Uh, Bullock's fine, but he's a rotation piece. Like we've said enough about Alfred Payton to last Please. a lifetime. So, <laughs> so that sort of philosophy, where it's like if you just if you put Mitch back, maybe you upgrade your backcourt with one player. Um, you know, how are you how are you moving the needle to the point where you're able to provide uh, and produce? Because there are, there are some good teams in the East, but really, I think after the top three or four, it's it's anyone's game to an extent. So um, and I feel like there aren't a lot of avenues for these teams to add great talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe they could Boston, maybe they trade Marcus smart and upgrade in some other capacity. Maybe the Raptors come back stronger. The heat, uh, look like something in between what we saw this year and last year. I don't know. Um, but I, you know, I think as long as you're in that top six conversation, it, it still shows that sustainability, um, that continuity. And I think the one thing for the playing tournament, what you're talking about it would have been nice if they were in that spot because we could say, how are the Knicks going to move into the top 10 because they have three top 32 picks and they're only a few spots away. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I mean, 
I mean, we wouldn't have moved up anyway. We never do. So, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, we never do. Uh, so, I mean, it, what's the point of that? Uh, exactly. Very true. But anyways, you know, I mean, it was a great season nonetheless. And, you know, uh, four seed or not and being pretty much gentlemen swept from by the Hawks wasn't great. And I was with the I was when you were saying this, John, on the party yesterday, I was absolutely livid with Trey Young bowing and whatnot. I was, oh my I was God. you know, I'm three years older than you, I think. And I was I was around for the Reggie Miller choking thing and Michael Jordan waving his finger at the crowd. And it's just like it, it, it hurts me to know to know to no end that, you know, players can come here. And just have the best <laughs> games they've had in their damn lives. Yeah. Yep. But then our players are like, nah, actually, we're going to shit the bed. Yeah. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> oh, exactly. What can you do? That, that was a, a good question, Aria. And I agree with what, what Jeremy said. I'll, I'll just uh, very br- briefly add I think next season, as, as, as this season was supposed to be, and <laughs> is more about the, the how than the what. Um, mm-hmm. if, if RJ improves next year and, you know, whether, whether they're still here or not, we'll see, but Obi and quickly and, you know, Randall kind of looks like an approximation of what he was and whoever they go out and get this summer looks like a guy who was, it was a good addition. Like, you know, if that equates to a six or a seven seed, um, and maybe fewer wins for whatever reason, um, you know, it's fine. As long as the process seems like it's continuing to move along in a, in a positive direction. So. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's yeah. our version of trust the process. Trust right, the process, guys. baby. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. You guys are doing great, and uh, keep the great work, Macri. You're, Thank your you. Baby's Thank adorable, you, bro. Um, <laughs> as we're as we're appreciate it. As we're getting ready for the next question, I just want to honor because I will always answer a question about this person and from this person. So CP um, uh, Pittman, um, is anyone else eyeing the possibility of uh, Spencer Dinwiddie? I'm very intrigued with him. Yes, Mr. Pittman. I, I, Jonathan Macri, am eyeing the possibility of Spencer Dinwiddie. I have long been a fan of his, and I would uh, very much like to see the Knicks uh, engage in conversations with his representation, who I think he's self-represented, right, Jeremy, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, he is. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so go, just call him up. Call him up. Yeah. <laughs> his net worth will just be crypto, but that's all right. He can live his life. It's fine. Uh, uh, who do we got next? Well, thank you, Ari. I uh, appreciate you uh, asking that question. Next, we've got, uh, please correct me uh, if I am wrong, next guest, uh, Lunas. Is that, did I botch your name? or is that No, no, you got parts? it. You oh, got wow, it. Sweet. All right. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. First off, thank you, guys. Um, I really love your guys' content every oh, single thank week. You. Thank you. Uh, so thank you guys both. Um, so I kind of have two quick questions Be- sure. before I said that I do want to say, I agree with Andrew about the sixth stage being revenge. Um, I want nothing more than to see Trey young next year in the playoffs again uh, <laughs> with the slight upgrade on the roster. But so the first thing I was going to say, I know everyone's talking about like the big names with like Kawhi and all this. I agree with you, but it's like, it's pretty unrealistic, especially I think the Clippers are going to bounce back. Kawhi just went off last night. Um, the person I'm actually interested in, and I'm wondering what you think it would take to get him, I think Miles Turner is pretty interesting. I hmm. think the Pacers are kind of in like a bit of a shit show situation. Um, we saw like coaches beefing with players. They're kind of in like a weird middle stage. And we know last offseason, they were willing to give him up for Gordon Hayward. Um, so they kind of view him as expendable. And I think he's someone who can help a lot. As much as I love Mitch, uh, he got he was the only player I was rooting for for like the dark days that were like 2017, 2018. 
Um, I think Miles Turner can help a lot though because he he fits in terms of just being a shot blocker and providing rim protection for Thibodeau. But also, I think he can help space the floor a little bit, which won't allow kind of we saw with Capella just staying in the paint the entire time and shadowing Julius. I think Miles Turner could be someone that's really interesting. So I just wanted your thoughts on him and what you think that trade possibly could would kind of look like. Um, I think so. The the Anytime you're talking about the center position with this team, I think it's it's the most complicated discussion to have because there are so many balls in the air when you when you're focusing on Mitchell Rob just Mitchell Robinson, forgetting about all of the other things that you know with Thurman Zoel and like yeah. and the possibility of trading for a guy like Miles Turner or whatever. There are there are like myriad options just with Mitch, and that was before the foot injury happened. And now you have to worry about, like, is this yeah. a, a lingering thing? So I just want to preface this by saying it's a really hard question to answer. That said, I do not think this front office will give up anything of uh, – anything that they care about for a Miles Turner because I think we kind of know what Miles Turner is at this point. He's a top, uh, God, a top five defensive center um, whose three point shot is more theoretical than actual at this point. If you look back, like he started, it looked great the first four years. He went from twenty one percent to thirty four point eight to thirty five point seven to thirty eight point eight. And then the last two seasons, as he's actually upticked, upticked his volume to a, more than four attempts a game, he's gone down to 34% and then 33%. I think Miles Turner is the classic example of a guy like he can shoot threes, but if you're a defense and you're and you're possess- and the possession ends and Miles Turner shooting a three, you've won. Like yeah. that's a victory for you, and you'll sign for that every time. And I'm not really sure that I have confidence in him being a guy who that's ever going to change. Um, and he's making $18 million a year, 17 point, whatever he, he's making. That's a lot of money for it to pay for a guy who is, and he's also not like an elite rim runner either. That's the other thing. And if you look at his field goal percentage, it is, it is not like even his, his effective field goal percentage is like this season was 55.7. Like that's, that's not great. Um, so, you know, what, if you're asking me what I take him on for essentially the, like having to pay his contract, like, you know, Miles Turner for like a second round pick, like, let's just say for argument's sake, fuck it. Say the third, Kevin Knox and the 32nd pick in the draft. There's your trade, right? Would I do that? Honestly, I have to see what else is available with my, that I can spend my money on this summer. Um, I'm not sure that's an automatic. And by the way, I don't think the Pacers would do that. So yeah, I'm I'm not sure there's a fit, although I don't, despite everything I just said, I don't absolutely hate the idea. I think there's something interesting about it because I do think he's a really good defensive center. Um, and that, and that has value. Yeah. I was talking about in terms of, like you said, with like his defense. And I think, I don't know, just, uh, it's always going to like come on how easily uh, Capella, he wasn't even playing defense on Noel or Gibson. He was more just like, okay, I'm just going to guard the paint and shadow Julius this entire series. I was yeah. stuff, but I'm not going to, I know a lot of fans are like kind of turning on Julius. I just think he's, he needs someone else to kind of draw attention off him. I think it's kind of the end of the day matter. Uh, he's a really good one-on-one player, but when defenses can focus on him, that makes it hard on him. So I'm hoping RJ Barrett can improve next year. Um, and kind of become more of a dominant option. So my next question, I'll make this quick. I know it's hypothetical. I know the Dame train started two days ago and ended this morning. 
Um, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. There are no trains ending yet, okay? <laughs> okay. That, that, listen, I... Uh, <laughs> That's, that is not – the train is not done. It is still there. It is just receding into the, 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 the horizon. It's there going go. backwards. <laughs> it's going backwards, yes. It's going, it's going out of the, our view. <laughs> yeah, but I was just going to say I know Andrew – I know Andrew kind of um, sent Nick's Twitter into a frenzy with the, yeah. uh, with the RJ question. And so I was thinking about it. I'm, I'm kind of with you guys where I really don't want to give up RJ because he's only 20, and I really do think he's going to become a star. Um, I was just thinking about hypothetically, I'm hoping that the Blazers mess up this coaching hire. I'm making prayer circles for it, that Dame is just unhappy with the new coach, whoever they decide to go with. But And so I was just thinking, who realistically can offer the best offer? I feel like quickly topping, and what is it, maybe four or five first? Besides maybe if, if Philly offers like a Ben Simmons and Maxi, I I don't know which other team is really offering more. Like the Lakers, no one really wants Kuzma, um, <laughs> and I don't. I, I just can't see Boston. Maybe Marcus Smart. I don't. Well, see with them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal uh, from the. Um, I love it when these two get together. Zach Lowe and Chris Herring did a uh, low post together. Posted uh, yesterday. Late afternoon. Um, it's really good. By the way, good idea, David Futternick. I think the Blazers should hire Jeff Hornacek and have David Fisdale as the associate head coach. Yes. Uh, and maybe get, you know what, maybe get um, Derek Fisher on the staff as well. Let's send all of the shit uh, to the Pacific Northwest. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so, I'm sorry. Um, I, they So in their conversation, they basically tabbed the Knicks and the and the Celtics as the two teams that make the most sense to as a trading partner with Portland and the Portland or the the Boston uh, trade scenario was just Jalen Brown, um, you know, give up Jalen Brown, bring on Dame, you pair Dame with Tatum. Um, what do you do? I, but here's the reason that's not so clean, right? Because then you need to trade Kemba Walker. Because you're not doing yeah. anything with Kemba Walker, Kemba and and Dame. I mean, I shouldn't say that. A, a Dame Kemba backcourt would present unique challenges. Um, yeah. So that, so yeah, I mean, putting it politely. So then, how are you getting rid of uh, Kemba? Where are you pointing off Kemba on? Um, so if if the Sixers don't decide they want to end the experiment this offseason, which I think if you were a betting man right now. What are your chances? What are the chances that Philly feels like it's bo- it's it's boxed into that corner? I, I I I don't know the answer to that question. Assuming Ben Simmons is not on the table, um, yeah, I think the Knicks have the best offer. The question is how how uh, what level of hardball can the Knicks play? And what I mean by that is it a situation where it's just like, okay, it's understood that the Knicks have to give up all of the picks and Obi quickly and RJ, and that's just, there is no discussion? Or is it like, whoa, 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 hold on. We're giving you two picks this year and two picks in two years, um, and RJ, we want to keep quickly, or we want to keep Obi. Like, that's what I'm wondering. And and just the, the last thing I'll say on this in terms of like for anybody, it, it, okay. Let's say you do think RJ Barrett's going to be a star. I personally think he's going to be a star 
I think he's gonna be a star. Yeah, I'm not saying like elite level, but I think he's yeah. gonna make a couple All Star games. I mean, well, but it's games. it's also about like what does he mean to this organization already, and in terms of like how he goes about his business and like those guys don't come around here that often, um, you know. And to just be like, all right, we're you know we can have this guy for the next dozen years. We're just gonna tell him to go fuck off and just so we could chase the championship for the next two to three years. It's like, it's so easy to look at the league and that the moves that other GMs make and be like, well, yeah, that's what you do. When you have a chance to win a championship, you go for the championship. And they would be able to, like, if they traded RJ and like other salary, they would have enough money to like, add, so bring on Dame, um, keep Julius obviously on his contract next year. And then like, I don't know. They could throw fifteen million dollars at Demar Derozan to be their number three. I'm I'm just picking a name out of a hat. Um, but whatever. Pick pick your pick your player. Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Lowry, like whoever you think would fit as the third guy. Like they could they could get that player, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well we use you know the the, the our exception on Derrick Rose, and we have Mitch back, and it's like that's a you know that's a squad. Um, I still. Uh, man, I just I I I don't I, there's something about the idea of trading away RJ Barrett that really doesn't sit well with me. My um, my hope is kind of like know. the the original that I was thinking is like I still think with keeping RJ just IQ top in and like five six first rounders. I don't and if if willing it's up to if one Philly can trade Simmons and like Maxi and if Boston's willing to trade Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown's going to bring you back a ton. Um, I just yeah. think they pull the trigger, but also that was the Ainge era. Um, I don't know how Brad Stevens is going to be. It's kind of like a mess over there. I mean, nobody does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody knows. It, it's um, it's a it's a fascinating it's a fascinating conversation. The only thing I'll say is like the notion that you're just going to get Dame for all the picks and like quickly an Obi. I think if you're if you're Portland and you're trading away, I mean. Yeah, no, I think we – can we say he's – well, I, I don't know. I mean, I Bill think, Walton. Eh. Is he the greatest player in Blazers history? I mean, Cl- Clyde Drexler was pretty fucking good. I was going to say, um, Clyde, I mean, for me, I'm young. I'm only 22. So, for me, I was like, yeah. But I'm thinking, like, oh, this probably Clyde. I mean, I, re- I remember Drexler. Drexler was the best player on a finals team. Or, excuse me, I misspoke. He was the best player on two finals teams. <laughs> um, and he obviously was a, you know, multi-time all-star in the whole thing. Um I don't, whatever. One of the top two players in franchise history. If you're going to trade that guy away and he's 30, you kind of have to get a blue chip in the deal. So we love IQ. We love OB, especially after the last few weeks. Um, I, I, I just, I have a hard time seeing the Blazers pull off that, that trade. No, no. Yeah. I get it. Cause I was just more thinking competition, but I I think in general, I think the off season, everyone's kind of, going in on this offseason i think the real one where the knicks are kind of really make like big moves is 2022 yeah um, like or, or or next or during the season you never like crazy yeah. shit happens during an nba season so yeah i think i think that's the main offseason my main hope is just like that we can still be successful this year so that we're still like a big draw i'm not expecting the four seed so much because i know like a lot of other teams are going to get healthy get better i think boston's going to be back i think miami's going to be good um so I'm just hoping that they're successful enough where the 2022 offseason is still like, okay, this is a big draw. Like you can still, this is like a good team and you can still draw a big thing. So that's my kind of hope. I'm just hoping next year that all the young guys get better. 
I uh, I hope so too. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on the stage and, and chatting for a bit. This was good. Um, yeah, man. Thank I, you yeah. So much. Yeah, of course. I, I have the same hope, um, and I think uh, there's going to be pressure on them to pick the right B level free agent. Um, and what do you pay that guy? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. We'll see Jeremy Cohen, right? We'll see. We will, but I do agree with, uh, with Lunas. I think that, um, 2022 is, you know, it's just the timing will be more appropriate for all reasons. And hopefully the players that would be included in a mock Damian Lillard trade are better to the point where, you know, their asset price goes up and the deal doesn't have to be quite as bad uh in any other future trade so yeah but we know that's well well said um next we've got joseph up on the stage joseph how you doing hey what's going on guys my man joseph how you doing Uh, brother hey hell of a season i appreciate you guys man so much uh we i appreciate you thanks for thanks for always um you know, coming and chilling in halftime, and and you know. Oh man, um, I'm always it's, here. It's it's an addiction. It's an obsession. You know. It's been it's been fun. Yeah. So okay, so I I missed part of the show. Did we talk about Colin Sexton? No, we didn't. You want to talk about Colin? Okay. Talk about yeah. Colin. So Jeremy, Jeremy, um, I I read one of his tweets that, you know, if we traded for Sexton, it would take us out of 2022 free agency because of his cap hold. So my question is, uh, you know, is there a trade package that you would feel comfortable trading for Colin Sexton? And if not, like, who would it take for you to be comfortable bowing out of a 2022 free agency? What kind of player would you trade for? Like, and I don't want to talk about Dame. I, I still view that as unrealistic. But, like, is there anyone realistic that we could land that you'd be comfortable to being taken out of that 2022 free agency? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. So 2022 free agency to me is like, it's not that it's not interesting. And I, I don't, I will, I'm sure Jeremy has his own opinions on this, but like it's, you can always move salary like to sign somebody like, like I'm not, I'm not worried about taking on someone, um, that is going to like take up their cap space, the Knicks cap space. Cause if we've seen, if again, if we've seen anything over the years in the NBA is, is that a player wants to come to your city? Like you, like they're, they're if there's a will, there's a way. Um, my worry about Colin Sexton is that the, you know, con- contingent on the, on the deal is you sign him to an extension the moment he, he gets here which they, he is extension eligible this summer, obviously. Um, and he just is not the guy you want. And I, that's my, that's the thing with me with, with Colin Sexton. It's like, it's, it's hard. Cause you look at the numbers. He's a 22 year old who just averaged 24 points a game, uh, you know, four assists essentially from the shooting guard spot. Um, Effective field goal percentage that has gone, you know, kind of steadily up with increased volume. Um, It's hard, right? Like, the numbers are great. I've never been a fan, like, watching him play. But then you look at the numbers and it's like, man, that scoring punch would be Yeah, but you watch him play. You watch him play. And, like, can you think of a time? Okay, so this is, like, one of those things I've, I've 
I, I love turning on League Pass um, before, like, the half an hour. I, no offense to the Knicks pregame show. I, I don't usually watch it. I'd rather watch a half an hour, of, even if it's shitty basketball. And oftentimes, the shitty basketball that I watch is, like, Cleveland because they, they start their games at 7 o'clock. Um, he, like, ha, do you remember coming away from a Colin Sexton performance and be like, man, that guy's going to be a good player on a good team one. That's I what just... I'm saying. Like, no, never. <laughs> but then you look at, at a 22-year-old, maybe point guard, but maybe combo guard, who's averaging 24 points, and you're like, hmm. I, 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 it's, it's, it is easily the toughest name for me to have an opinion on this offseason. And I think he could be had. Let me just make that very clear. I think that if you want, if you want that dude, you could go have that dude. I don't, I don't know what it's, I don't know exactly what it's going to take, but that's that, how that I feel too. I feel like it's realistic. Like we, we could do that. Can I just put this out here though? Yeah, Please. Jeremy, Colin, I would love if to. Colin. <laughs> sure. If thank you, um, if Colin Sexton is so available or desirable, why are the Cavs reportedly making him of interest? I mean, to other teams, basically because. There's overlap with Garland, and they like Garland more. Doesn't mean Sexton's not good. I, I, right. I, don't... I, I guess it's more the philosophy of like, kind of what if you can play the two together in some capacity, um, but also just like moving forward. What I, you know, I mean, it also depends on how they do in the draft. If they got Cade, if they got Jalen Suggs, like it would, it would make even more sense. But I don't know. I, I look at a team like. I'm just thinking, like the Lakers, for example. Like, they, to me, actually are a team that could make a play for him. Like, if they packaged Trez's salary and a couple first-round picks that they do actually have access to for Sexton, like, is that a deal that that Knicks fans want to try to see, you know, them try, the Knicks try to match? Because like, to me, that would feel like it's too much. And, and again, it's not that I don't like Sexton. I think he's a good scorer. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great playmaker. But... I think you can find band-aid solutions that also line you up with maximum spending for 2022. Um, and you can still like, like, again, we saw what this offense was and it was not good, but it was also because of low level playmaking. And if you just adjust it a little bit more with someone who's better than Sexton, but not, you know, great all around, maybe he's not the type of scorer that Sexton is. Uh, I think you can still see your offense increase and, and keep all of your assets in hand and use them down the line when you're more in that like all in phase that actually makes sense for the Knicks. I, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I just, I'm like scrolling through um, ESPN's uh, real plus minus, which is not everything. I just want to be very clear about that. ESPN's uh, RPM is like, has some really funky stuff in there. And I'm trying to find where Sexton ranked, this year. Okay, he was the 30th ranked point guard. Um, you know, but he's like in the neighborhood of like uh what do we got here? He's in the neighborhood of like Monty Morris. He's a little bit below. Like LaMelo Ball was 27th on this. Schroeder was 26th. D'Angelo Russell was 24th. John Morant was 28th. Like, you know, he's I but I don't know. Maybe Here's the the only thing I'll say on Sexton. How do you how do you judge anybody in Cleveland? That's the last thing I'll, I'll I'll say on that. I just don't know how you judge. I don't know how you judge someone that's a that's in that situation, which has been a just a shit show. 
Um, maybe, but maybe he's part of the reason it's been a shit show. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I yeah, don't really... I'm with you, John. Like, I'm, I'm just baffled by that prospect. Like, I, I just don't know what to think about that. But it's, it's just an idea. But um, now listen, no, no idea where you're bringing in a guy who can handle the ball and ostensibly can shoot the three and drive the lane. No, I no idea featuring that sort of player is a silly, stupid idea. Okay, so every we should be open to anything and everything. I just that, that that's that's the challenge of this all season, and maybe that's a good that's a good place to to end on because that's what that's the, that's the tough the tough task of year one. Make, fix the culture, make it a culture that people want to come play. The tough task of year two is the nitty gritty team building stuff that um you know is not easy. So we'll we'll see how they do. Yes. So listen, I, I just got one thing to say before I go. Um, we got a 26-year-old most improved player, and we got a 20-year-old who just took a huge leap. I don't want to hear about trading Randall or RJ. Like, get that shit out of my face. And that's just the last <laughs> thing I want to say. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. I, I don't want to talk about trading either of those guys either. Um, I want to I run it back. Uh, good things happened this year. Maybe let's see if more good things could happen with the players um, that were responsible for the good things that happened this year. How right, like, right, like, oh, they can't improve any more than they just did. Like, give me a break. Yeah. No, you're, 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 you're. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. One, one iota. Um, thank you, as always. This is always, this was always fun. Much love, um, Joseph. Be well. We'll see you soon. Um, Jeremy, I, I believe, is that it? We're good? Uh, no, we got one more. Uh, oh, that's Joseph. okay. Who's yep. going to uh, take us home? We have Jason Meredith. Oh, okay, Jason, cool. how's it going? Great. I get to finish off again. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Jason? How you doing? Good, good. Um, just want to talk about some of the offseason, what I think the Knicks are going to do. Not necessarily what I – well, I guess it's kind of what I want to. Um. I don't think they're going to, as much as Jeremy Cohen's not going to want to hear this, I don't think they're just going to kick the can to the next offseason. Um, and I think I think the reason why we keep, a lot of people are thinking that they, they're going to be so patient is that they forget. And you you actually, John, are probably the best because you had a lot of inside information on this. They forget what the Knicks' plan was the last offseason. The Knicks tried to trade for Chris Paul. The Knicks tried to sign Gordon Hayward. The Knicks tried to sign, and then the word was that they were going to also sign Malik Beasley. Am I right about that, John? Yeah, no, they they wanted to be in on all of those players via signing or trade, but at their number. They, yes, that's they, the key. They, I think they're going to do yeah. the same thing this year, at the right number. So it's funny. I see all these these people. They're like, oh, Dennis Schroeder. Oh, um, what's his name? Kendrick Nunn. And I'm like, you know what? I'll take any of those guys at the right number. Like, if you yeah. give me Kendrick Nunn at $11 million or $12 million, get, bring all the Kendrick Nunn you can. If you're giving me Schroeder at $15 million for like, I'm, that's fine with me. Obviously, that's not what he wants, but I'm no, just saying. I, yeah, I think the I think what, what happened last offseason is it was it was such a seller's market um, in terms of, obviously, Hayward got what he got. Um, Malik Beasley got what he got. I mean, like, the number I, – I still remember reacting to those numbers – and like contract after contract after contract, it's like, did did anybody want these guys at these numbers? And I, I don't know. I have a funny feeling that you're going to see a lot of the same shit. Um, yeah. This, well, the this, thing is, a lot of teams though are are getting. I mean, I guess they're just going to have huge payrolls because 
A lot of teams are their payrolls are getting up there with the luxury tax and such. I, I think it's gonna I think what you have to hope for this summer is that a player wants will not I, I, I'm I'm gonna choose my words carefully. Not take a discount to come to the Knicks. I don't think that any players are taking discounts to come anywhere unless they're going to an NBA, a, a, a championship uh, front runner. Um, but like not, it's not going to be an overpay, you know, well, it's not always a discount. It could just be like the market. Like maybe they don't, you know, they, they don't want to resign with the current team they're on and nobody else wants to give them a lot of money. Or maybe it's just the timing. Maybe they, the money's gone by the time they, they're, they're really like, and they're like, Oh shoot, I have to sign somewhere. Yeah, but, you know, that, but that's why a guy like, you know, that's why a guy like Dinwiddie is interesting to me because Dinwiddie is a guy I think he would like to stay. I, I would imagine he wants to stay in New York. Um, he, I think, wants to start. I don't think he has any interest in coming off the bench. Um, I think he'd like to be a featured part of an offense. And you want to talk about a guy that would look – a hell of a lot better than Alfred Payton in the Alfred Payton role. Uh, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie. But, like, in years past, when the Knicks would try to get a player of that caliber with that kind of history, you'd be talking about, okay, well, good. Offer us the, the max or whatever. Yeah, huge over Like the Tim some, some, thing, you know? Yeah, some, something stupid. Now, can you get Dinwiddie for – you know, what, whatever Dinwiddie's... Under 20. Normal, Anything whatever. around 20 or under 20 is great That's to me. Part 20, exactly. 20 great. Yeah. yeah. You know? um, the other thing that's I think... challenge, though. Yeah, no, it's not going to be easy, but I feel like that's why you're going to hear the Knicks' name with everyone because I think the Knicks will be on everyone. They'll just be like... I mean, I hope like, they'll, they'll do like they did last year. Yeah, we'll sign Gordon Hayward, but it's only going to be three years and it's going to be... At, I don't know what the number was, but, just, but it's not going to be... Three what for the 70... It was three for 72 was what I... What I yeah, I remember when you tweeted. Time. I was like, great, sign me up for that, you know? And yeah. also, I think... Here's, a, here's one thing I think Jeremy Cohen will like is... I think the key is that whoever the Knicks sign, um, there's so many teams that are, gonna, that are over the, the cap that... If the Knicks make it a sign and trade, they can, the other team will end up giving them a second round pick just so that way they can, like, for instance, the Lakers. The Knicks sign any of the Lakers free agents, which I don't know if they will, but if they were to, you know, the Lakers are over the cap. They can't even replace those guys. So would they give us a second round pick to make it a sign and trade? Probably. And that's just I, I another way of accumulating assets. I think the other, the, you know, the last thing I'll, I'll say and, and we'll finish it out is like, it's the important thing to remember is that you're, you're, if you make a signing this offseason or you make a trade this offseason, it's not – it's don't – nobody should think that it's the – they think it's a final move. It's just – you're just – you're taking yeah. steps, which I is why the thing I always go back to, and I've, been, I've got a broken record at this point, but, like, don't sign a contract that you don't know – that you aren't fairly confident that you'd be able to flip if you needed to flip it. Um, oh. and, and, you know, unless it's you're, – you're, you're, you think it's the final piece to a championship puzzle. Can so, I say one last uh, thing before I leave? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't, and part of the reason why I don't think they're just gonna like just punt it to twenty twenty two is that you know next year the East is probably gonna be a lot better. I mean, let's be there were four teams in the East that were terrible this year that we thought were gonna be good. You know, the Pacers, the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Heat. Yeah, and if those teams true. are better, and the Knicks are just the same, or maybe, or you know, then. You know, you're looking at a position where the Knicks might not finish in the top eight and might get knocked out in the playing game. And 
while we might not care, we might say that's okay. From a PR standpoint, that looks like the Knicks took 10 steps back. No, I, I yeah, that's listen, they're going to have to really be had a, you know, delicately balance that. That said, if the entire East is better, and this is why I said it's not the what, it's the how. It's how does it look? How does it feel? How does how do, how does the progress, you know, look? Um, if they do finish 7th, but it's they're a, they're in the running the whole year. You know, and it, 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 it's just, a, it's a lower seed. I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, but um, what if they finish ninth and get knocked out in the playing game? Yeah, listen, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But again, no, these I, I are, think, what I'm saying is I think I will be fine with it, and I think you'll be fine with it. But you know, like the whole, you know, the whole pressure and like the op, and like a lot of people are going to say, oh, they're, they're failing. See, Tibbs is not the right coach. See, these guys are not the, the right players. Last year was a fluke. You know, the whole like, I'm just saying that can group, and I think they don't want to. They want to avoid that, which you know well, might not be. It might be unavoidable, but you know. But that tests. That's the test of your organizational culture, and we will see how strong and stable the organizational culture is with Leon, you know, and and company. Like it feels like a million years ago now, but like in the late '80s, they went from first round out to to semifinals to semifinals. Then they went back to a first round out the year before they got Pat Riley. And of course, you know, Pat Riley came and, and things got better. But like, you know, it's not always linear. The difference yeah. between now and what was the case, you know, 35 years ago is that there's generally more impatience in the league today. And, um, you know, with fans, with the media, with, you know, it, it, with everybody, it's, it, it all breeds impatience. So how strong is your culture? How, how much do you believe in what you're doing? Um, we, you know, we, we, we hope that the answers to those questions are positive ones, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll probably find out a year from now. We'll see. Yep. All right, John. Good stuff, man. Always a pleasure yeah. to talk to you. Um, Jeremy, are we, uh, I think that's it. Are we good? I think that's it. Yeah. No, we're, right. uh, we're out of speakers. I do want to say for what it's worth, I, I, you know, I think that the Knicks will absolutely try to offer something for Chris Paul. Uh, if that would be clearly a multi-year deal. Um, but I don't know I, I look at the 2020 market and as bad as it was i feel like still gordon hayward is a lot better than the options that you have available to you now like with malik beasley it was very much a sign and trade situation since he's restricted and lonzo would be too and then after that it's just kind of like i don't know i just look at the options and i'm not sure what of those is worthy of a multi-year deal so i guess it's 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 not a question of like the Knicks won't spend period multi-years or multiple years. I just don't know outside of maybe a couple options what it would be that entices them to do that as opposed to just kind of like playing it one year, getting it to 2022, which as you said, John, it's, it's a good class. It's not elite, but it's, it's definitely better. Um, you know, filling up your cap there and, and then going on your business for years after. Yeah. I, um, it's an off season with many imperfect options, which if you look at each one individually, you're like, nah, this isn't perfect. This isn't perfect. This isn't perfect. But as a whole, there are options out there. It's a, it's a matter of, can you finagle a way to make one of them perfect enough or close enough to perfect, um, to, to, to make it happen. But we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll, um, 
We'll talk about that over the coming weeks, won't we, Jeremy? Oh yes, we got uh, <laughs> lots of lots of time to fill with lots of content. <laughs> lots of time to fill with lots of content. All right, uh, everybody out there, um, I think Jeremy's going to close the room. But uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, this was a lot of fun, really. You got like it, it. It is never not staggering to me how good the questions and the discussion is on here, and that's obviously because of all of you guys. So um, thank you. And we will uh, see you same, uh, roughly the same, same back time, same back channel uh, next week. Thanks all. Happy Saturday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.